Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 17 through 20 for our text this morning. I'd like to speak on the subject, giving thanks for all things. Ephesians chapter 5, I'll read verses 17 through 20. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the subject, giving thanks for all things. This book is written for the practical instruction and direction of the local church. Here Paul is writing to these believers at the city of Ephesus, helping them to better understand what the Lord has done for them, how we might walk with Him, how we might serve Him, how we might live for Him. And he begins, verse 17, by saying, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. A lot of times we as Christians get to the point in our lives when we're confused, we're unsettled or uncertain about how to move forward. But you know the Word of God is quite clear and very specific about a number of things in regard to our walk with Him. And in this context, one of those things He's very clear about is this matter of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not something that is abstract, but is both an activity and an attitude of life when we choose to acknowledge God's working in and around us. When you consider verses 18, 19, and 20, verse 18 refers to my walk with God, verse 19, my wonder of God, and verse 20, my willingness to trust God. The apostle had learned to give thanks always for all things, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. This man with his companion sank hymns to God at midnight while imprisoned in the Philippian jail. I believe he earned the right to recommend we as God's children have the same attitude toward others. In this letter to the Ephesians, he says in verse 20, giving thanks for all things unto God. This standard of thanksgiving It is uniquely Christian in concept. The very word thanksgiving has at its heart the idea of grace. By nature, we are devoid of the grace of God, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, outside of the family of God. But in Christ, we have the joy of knowing Him as our Savior. We have the privilege of being a part of the family of God. And as such, we have much for which to be thankful. We're going to look at four things this morning in regard to Paul's instruction concerning gratitude. We're going to notice that thanksgiving ought to include our acknowledging God. It ought to include our exalting Christ. Thanksgiving ought to occur continually and it ought to include everything. All of that Here in verse 20. So we're just looking at one verse of scripture this morning. Again I read. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice with me first of all. 
This thought, thanksgiving, should always acknowledge God. Giving thanks unto God and the Father. Here Paul states his belief that God is the giver of every good gift. Thus the appropriate recipient of our gratitude would be the Lord God himself. When addressing the Athenians on Mars Hill, he said, God hath made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with man's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth unto all life and breath and all things. Yes, God is the giver of all things to man. James chapter 1 verse 17 tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. We as God's children have the responsibility to recognize everything we have comes from the Lord. Psalm 50 verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Yes, God owns it all, but he chooses to bestow upon us his goodness and his blessings that we in turn might have what we need in this life to live for him, to acknowledge him, and to adore him. The psalmist, Psalm 84 verse 11 declared, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. What a blessing to know. God loves and cares for us and provides us those things which we need. Jesus tried to get this across. Matthew chapter 6 verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. You know, our needs don't take the Lord by surprise. He is well aware of what we need. He is well aware of that which is necessary for us to survive. Notice verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. God said all these things that you have need of, food, shelter, clothing, I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. And aren't you glad that God not only gives us what, he need, what we need, but he gives us so much more. Everything we have comes to us as a result of God's goodness and God's blessing. True gratitude flows from contemplating all that God is in himself and all he has done on behalf of mankind. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 tells us, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Dr. Martin Luther, holding a rose in his hand one day, said, "'Tis a magnificent work of God. Could a man make but one such rose as this? He would be thought worthy of all honor. 
But the gifts of God lose their value in our eyes from their very infinity. God bestows so many goodnesses upon us that we oftentimes overlook these blessings, these benefits, all these things he sends our way. How good it would be for us to stop and say, thank you, Lord, for the many, many things thou hast given us. One of the finest harvest hymns ever written was that by Dean Alford, Come Ye Thankful People Come, and it first appeared in 1844. When just 16 years old, he wrote these words upon the flyleaf of his Bible. It read, I do this day, in the presence of God and my own soul, renew my covenant with God, and solemnly determine henceforth to become his, and to do his work as far as in me lies. Quite a mouthful for a 16-year-old boy, don't you think? He went on to write this hymn, Come, ye thankful people, come, raise the song of harvest home. All is safely gathered in, ere the winter storms begin. God, our Maker, doth provide for our wants to be supplied. Come to God's own temple, come, raise the song of harvest home. Yes, thanksgiving should acknowledge God the Father in heaven as the giver of all that is good. But not only that, we see in this verse, thanksgiving should also exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice again Ephesians 5 verse 20, giving thanks, and then the end of the verse, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is properly rendered to God in the name of Christ. Why? Because he's the crowning subject of heaven and of our salvation. 1 Corinthians 15.57 But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by him and for his name, the name which is above every name, that every believer exists. All that we are. All that we have, all that we do is made possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. For he's the one who died on the cross to save us from our sin. He's the one who rose from the dead to guarantee our home in heaven one day, showing he has victory over death, hell, and the grave. For it is the Lord Jesus Christ who made possible our salvation. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ has made possible our life and our speech, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatsoever ye do... In word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You realize today we have the ability to stop and say, thank God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, giving us the opportunity to know Him as our Savior and to look forward to what He has in store for us in heaven. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ that our needs are met. John 14, verse 3, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And it is through the Lord Jesus Christ we have assurance. John 20, verse 31, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Yes, it is through the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, that we can stop 
and turn our attention to heaven and say, thank you, God, for what you have done for me. For a believer, it's hard, yea, well nigh impossible to forget our Savior. Yet so often we fail to acknowledge him for what he does. To illustrate it, I'd like to call your attention to an article that was written back in May 20, 1990. The headline about a Florida resident named Robert Hamsley read this. Grateful French Village honors its American liberator after 46 years. The article stated this. In August 1944, U.S. Army Lieutenant Robert Hamsley led a five-tank platoon into the French village of Plelo and wiped out a contingent of heavily armed Germans. Two days later, German anti-tank guns knocked out four of the five tanks and damaged Hamley's own M4 before he and the three crew members recovered. They destroyed the attack guns, killed and routed about 100 Germans, and rescued the wounded. This second action earned Hamsley the Bronze Star and a promotion to captain. The successful attack at Plelo went practically unnoticed, as it was unreported in the official diaries of the 15th Cavalry Regiment of General George Patton's Third Army. But the people of Plelo, France, never forgot. 46 years later, in 1990, the mayor and the village council of Plelo have declared Hemsley a hero and the town's liberator. They have named him an honorary citizen and have recommended that he be awarded the French Legion of Honor. Yes, it truly is difficult to forget your Savior. Every day, the Lord Jesus Christ pours out his blessings upon us. And every day, we ought to stop and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for me. Out on the marquee, by the side of the road, out in front of the building, the sign says, God has given us the gift of 86,400 seconds today. Have we used any of them to say thank you? Certainly, we ought to take time to thank the Lord. But not only do we see in this verse of Scripture that everything we have comes from God, and therefore we should acknowledge God in our thanksgiving, our thanksgiving should also exalt Christ, but our thanksgiving should occur continually. Giving thanks always. Now for our nation, thanksgiving is a one day a year deal. But for the believers, thanksgiving ought to be an everyday occurrence. God continually bestows his goodness upon us and we cannot afford as God's children to withhold our daily gratitude for his manifold blessings. Psalm 126 verse 3, the Lord hath done great things for us whereof we are glad. Let me ask you this, can you think of a time when God has not done great things for us? Our gratitude ought to be continuous. Proverbs 28, verse 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. The faithful abound with the blessings of God. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. 
You know, there are times in our lives when we feel God may have forgotten us. There are times in our lives when the difficulties are so great, the trials and struggles are so intense, that we feel God has somehow overlooked us. But all beloved, that is not the case. God sees and knows and cares about everything that goes on in our lives. And he is constantly pouring out his goodness upon us. We therefore ought to regularly thank the Lord for the blessings he sends our way. Thanking the Lord always. Always. That's a tough one. It's a tough one because we spend so much time thinking about ourselves. We give so much energy to our interests, our wants, our desires, our goals, those things that matter most to me as a person. Oh, how we ought to turn our attention to the Lord and consider His goodness to us and how it continues throughout the day. Have you considered how difficult life would be if God turned on and off his blessings? How difficult it would to be make it to the next hour if we knew God was nowhere near. What a blessing to know. He's a friend who will never leave us nor forsake us. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He is one who loves us and cares for us in every situation and in every way. He is always there. And our attention ought to always be directed to him. Paul said in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Beloved, he's always present. We ought to be always willing to stop and thank him for his goodness to us. Of course, we're getting ready to celebrate this Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday. But thinking back to that first Thanksgiving, when the New England colonies were first established, the settlers endured many, many difficulties. They laid their distresses before God in frequent days of fasting and prayer. That wouldn't go over so well today, would it? But those folks back then knew they were there as a result of God's blessing on their lives, God preserving them through their journey across the ocean and enabling them to get established in those New England areas. Constant meditation upon their distresses kept their minds gloomily and discontented and even made them deposed to return to their homeland in spite of the persecution they would face. Well, once again, in a uh, public meeting, it was proposed to appoint a day of fasting and prayer. But a plain, common-sensed man arose, saying he thought they had brooded long enough over their difficulties, and it was high time they should consider their mercies. After all, the colony was growing strong. The fields were increasing in harvest, the rivers with fish, the woods with game, and the air with sweetness. But beyond all this, he pointed out their wives were healthful, their children dutiful, and now they possessed what they had come for, namely, full civil and religious liberty. So he recommended an amendment in the resolution for a fast and proposed in its place a day of thanksgiving. As we all know, that day has now become a part of the very life and culture of the American people. But for the Christian... One day of thanksgiving is not enough. It's easy to focus on the difficulties, but 
we allow ourselves then to forget of the many, many blessings that God bestows upon us. And this is very similar to this fourth thought in regard to this passage in Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always for all things. Thanking God always is easy to do when things are going our way. Thanking God is easy to do when everything is working out in our favor. But thanking God always for all things is a different matter altogether. Not only should our thanksgiving acknowledge God, exalt Christ, and occur continually, but it ought to include everything that takes place in our lives. You know, Paul regularly thanked God for the saints of Christ and for his joy of knowing them and being able to work with them. It's interesting as you read through the letters of Paul, Romans chapter 1. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. To the Philippians in chapter 1 he wrote, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. To the Colossians, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. And to the Thessalonians, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Yes, Paul was grateful for the opportunities he had to serve the Lord with so many of God's people. To have the opportunity and the privilege and the joy of knowing so many had joined the ranks of the redeemed. And Paul was grateful for the privilege of being able to serve the Lord with the saints of God. But he was great for many other things as well. If there was ever a man who endured hardships for his Lord and Master, it was Paul. Turn, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We note in this passage, verses 23 through 29, a list of perils that Paul endured in his service for the Lord. You're at that text, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. Rather than read through that passage of Scripture, I'm going to list those things that he suffered as they appear in these verses. Notice, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And then last, beside those things that are without, all those things that I endured that came to me from outside, I still had the care of the churches on my heart, Paul said. He faced challenges, struggles, difficulties from without and within. But according to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul referred to the difficulties he faced as light 
afflictions. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why do believers face struggles and difficulties and challenges? There's no easy answer to that question other than the fact that God allows those things to come into our lives, that he might draw us closer to him, that our trust would be more in him than in this world and the things of this life, and that our hope would not be established in this world, but in heaven. All the Lord is constantly trying to get our focus on him. How we need to set our affections on things above and not on this earth, according to Colossians 3, 2. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Paul emphasized this matter of giving thanks to God. Wherein he said, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How we need to keep our attention focused clearly on the Lord, that we might thank him for all that he sends to us, or for all that we might endure in this life. Yes, it's easy to thank God for things that are good, but we are to thank God for everything. Why? Because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we who are a part of the family of God know he loves and cares for us sufficiently that we in turn are assured that he'll watch over us and see us through every struggle and difficulty along the way. Many examples in scripture in that. But as a reminder today, God wants us to thank him for everything. The story is told of, of Scottish minister Alexander White, a great old preacher of yesteryear. He was known for his uplifting prayers in the pulpit. He always found something for which to be grateful. Well, one Sunday morning, the weather was especially gloomy. One of the church members thought to himself, certainly the preacher won't think of anything for which to thank the Lord on a wretched day like today. But much to his surprise, whenever White got up and began to pray, he said, Lord, we thank thee that it is not always like this. Thank the Lord for everything that comes our way. Our thanksgiving should acknowledge God. It should exalt Christ. It should occur continually and should include everything. Again, I emphasize thanksgiving for the Christian is an everyday matter. This is why God created us, that we might glorify him, that we might praise him, that we might thank him constantly and faithfully acknowledging his goodness in our lives. Bob Jones Sr. was known to say, gratitude is the loveliest flower that grows in the garden of a man's soul. And when gratitude dies on the altar of a man's heart, he is well nigh gone. How true that is. George Herbert said, O thou who hast given us so much, mercifully grant us one more thing, a grateful heart. President Calvin Coolidge, we have been a most favored people. We ought to be a most grateful people. We have been a most blessed people. 
we ought to be a most thankful people. He who is not grateful for the things he has would not be happy with what he wishes he had. Certainly, gratitude, thanksgiving, is a grace that does not go unnoticed by our Heavenly Father.